from Wall Street to the White House. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. We continue the saga of Joe Biden and the Robert Hur special counsel's report. And um, I guess I'll apologize at the top because we've got three, not two people. But I had to bring in the great Greg Jarrett once this story broke in the 25th Amendment. Part of the story broke because we needed our ace legal beagle. We also have brilliant uh, Caroline Downey, National Review reporter and visiting fellow at the Independent Women's Forum. By the way, Caroline, I think I'm a, still a trustee or director of that. I, I check. Oh, no way. Yeah, whatever Heather, Heather Richardson, Heather uh, Richardson Higgins tells me to do. We do have the great Joe Concha, uh, who's Fox News contributor and the author of Come On, Man, The Truth About Biden's No Good Horrible Presidency. Boy, is he right on that. And... The aforementioned Greg Jarrett, Fox News legal analyst, uh, great author. His latest book is called The Constitution of the United States and Other Patriotic Documents. So we'll try to be brief, but we can do it. We've done three before in radio. Uh, Greg, I want to start with you. Uh, I'm reading your op-ed piece, uh, Willfully Retained and Disclosed Classified Materials as a Private Citizen in Direct Violation of the Espionage Act. By the way, I thought it was also a direct violation of the Presidential Records Act. And then you go on to say uh, what her is really saying is that Biden is not competent to stand trial, but somehow he's competent to serve as president. And then you say is compelling evidence the president's cabinet should now consider invoking the relevant provisions of the 25th Amendment to remove Biden from office. Uh, as you may know, Claudia Tenney started that um, Thursday. She was on the TV show last night. Others have picked it up, Greg. Um, has this thing worked, by the by, mechanically? Well, you'd have to have the vice president and half the cabinet uh, vote to remove him, and then it goes to Congress, and you'd have to have two-thirds uh, vote. The problem here is the cabinet are all enablers. I mean, yeah. they well know, as, as Kamala Harris does, that Joe Biden is, is mentally disabled, I mean, that's essentially uh, what the Robert Herr 345-page report said, that he broke the law. He did it intentionally. He knew it was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's, he's so old and mentally lost, confused, and bereft of memory that we can't prosecute him in front of a jury. And, you know, normally – so the 25th Amendment is not going to work because of the enablers. And, you know, i got to tell you, if any American family read this report and it was about their elder parent, they would move, as I said in my column, immediately for a conservatorship or a power of attorney to take control of the parent's decision-making and to manage affairs. And here, it's the president of the United States – this is perilous. It's dangerous for the nation. You know what Steve Forbes said last night on the TV show? It was fabulous. We were talking about this and the enablers, as you say, which is correct. And the biggest enabler is Mrs. Jill Biden, right? Jill Biden. Yeah. And uh, Forbes said in Washington, and I hadn't heard this before, uh, she is the Mrs. Wilson of our time. Now, go back a hundred more, and then 1919 and 20. Woodrow Wilson was uh, incapacitated. He had a bad stroke. His wife, Edith Wilson, ran the country for about a year and a half. This is a true story in history. Uh, I was there, for heaven's sakes. Just kidding. (laughs) But I'm just saying, so Forbes says it's Mrs. Wilson all over again. 
she's she's the one doing this. You know, Jill Biden, the entire uh, Biden family, they're addicted to power and prestige. But compassion for an ailing husband and father should take precedence over their own, uh, you know, enjoyment of power. Right again. I mean, yeah, look, this is about the country. Caroline Downey, I know you've heard of Mr. Wilson. I don't know if you knew Mrs. Wilson, young reporter that you are. Well, actually, I'm vaguely familiar with this story. And it's funny, as I was reading about how Jill Biden was so instrumental in effectively keeping Biden up on stilts, despite his obvious cognitive decline. I mean, it's really tragic. Like you said, if you have elderly relatives, this is abuse, frankly. For the direct relative, the closest loved one of the president to be intimately aware of his mental and physical ineptitude, but instead of urging retirement to the mansions of rest, which this reminded me of George Washington, what he invoked in his farewell address. There's dignity in stepping down mm. with, with grace and knowing when it is your right time. Jill Biden, though, is, she's complicit in this kind of cover-up of Biden's deteriorated condition, and that's just so Trump can stay out of the White House. Well, that, when, when politics <laughs> comes above family, yeah. you know that there's something particularly dystopian about this political moment. And Joe Concha, you know, um, I think all this is true. They're lust for power. But now the question is, I, I don't know who these people are, but I hear this is a conspiracy ref. That the Democratic, uh, the Democratic power brokers. I'm not sure who that is. Is that Obama? Uh, it's, it's not the Clintons anymore. I don't know. Maybe it is. Uh, David Axelrod or David Pluff, part of the Obama gang. Anyway, that the Democratic power brokers are setting Biden up to pull him. And it'll either happen Democratic National Convention where they can change the rules or uh, or sooner. But the thing is, Joe, I never quite figured out who these are. And then my related question, Joe, is how could anybody in their right mind have sent Joe Biden out for that Thursday night press conference, which was a catastrophe. How could was, they have done that? Yeah, that was the White House communications team. Wow. Right? And and they thought it was a really swell idea to put together this hastily assembled press conference. They never had press conferences, mm. right? And when they do, they, they call it on the previous five or six days before that so they could prep Biden as much as possible. Mm. And just to throw him out there like that, that's panic, all caps, capital P-A-N-I-C, right? And and we all saw what what happened from there. You had Joe Biden yelling at reporters like mm. Grandpa Simpson, right? Mm. Then he confuses the Egyptian president with Mexico's president. Then he's asked about his son, Bo, and can't even remember the name of the rosary that he says he wears every day in his honor. So it couldn't go worse if they tried. And now the problem is it's kind of like, you know, the, the 49ers and the Super Bowl tomorrow, they have a quarterback named Brock Purdy, right, who was a backup to other people that the organization thought was better. But then they got to Purdy and they're like, oh, wow, this kid is really good. He could be one of the great ones like Montana or Steve Young. The reason why I bring this up is who is the backup mm-hmm. on the Democratic bench right now that if you do, if you're Axelrod and Obama and Pluff and you take 
Biden off the field, then who's going in to lead your team? It's not Kamala Harris because she's at 28 percent approval. That's like a Nixonian leaving uh, the White House for good kind of level when you're in the 20s. Right. So if it isn't Kamala, then I keep going, I guess, back to Gavin Newsom. But he's got a horrible record to defend in California and in swing states. Gavin Newsom's not going to play very well with, you know, the, the blue dog, blue. Again, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona, Nevada. So I I think they're in a really horrible spot right now. And the only Hail Mary they have at this point is that D.C. trial against Trump as far as January 6th, because you know you're going to get a very favorable jury. The only way Trump loses is if he's convicted. And we don't even know if these are going to get the trial before Election Day. You know, I I thought you were going to say substituting Spiro Agnew for Nixon. Oh, yes. (laughs) Well, that was a little before my time. So I went with a modern... NFL analogy. I, I was I kicking during those. That that was the most fun, man. The early seventies. Holy cow! Nixon wow. had several vice presidents. People forget that. Anyway, I don't want to. Be, I digress. Uh, Carolyn, uh, do you have any idea who these who are these Washington Democratic power brokers? Right. This is kind of your beat. Uh, that. Well, first of all, let's go back to uh, uh, Joe's other point. The White House comms. Decided to put him out there. Uh, now, what team are they playing for? All right. And second of all, who are these Democrat power brokers that are going to redo this whole story and get rid of Joe Biden? Because I, I still think Greg Jarrett is right. The enablers in the cabinet are not going to do what they should do. So somebody's got to do it from the outside. You, you'd have to have statements from Democratic graybeards. Uh, I could go back in time in the Republican Party like a Haley Barber or a Bill Brock. I don't know who uh, a Bob Dole might pull the plug on somebody. But I don't know who the heck who the heck would do that now. Well, I'm sure there's trouble in paradise. I'm sure there's a lot of squabbling about what is to be done. But after that speech, it just became so obvious that, I mean, Biden, it's a metaphor for America, because Mm. America is also old and senile. That is the power we've become. We've degenerated into uh, amid rising adversaries. They know this is untenable, but the thing is Kamala Harris as the successor, that was not preferable to, I think, most of these Democratic operatives either because she's deeply unpopular. But now I think they've kind of been forced into that. I think Kamala, her path has never been clearer, but like that's it's very unfavorable because she has fumbled every single project she's been assigned to her own staffers are mutinying against her i mean what an unbelievable situation where the president and his right-hand woman are both not great choices and you know at the end of the day we are running octogenarians or soon to be octogenarians for president and the fact that the country is willing to gamble like that with age i think says something more deeply troubling. You know, Greg, you could have, I was just thinking, you could have a committee, a bipartisan committee of doctors that would raise the questions that need to be raised and force the guy into an elaborate uh, competency test. I was just reading Ronnie Jackson. Yeah. Uh, now, Jackson is regarded as a Trump guy, but actually Jackson was Obama's doctor also. Yes, he's a very talented guy. But I'm just saying, I suppose you could have you'd need a, uh, your point about the neighbors is the correct point. So you'd need somebody from outside the White House to force the issue. 
I wouldn't say force it politically. First, you have to force a competency test or a, a battery of tests, wouldn't you? Right. Which which he would never pass. Right. Uh, even even at the height uh, of his intellectual powers, um, decades ago, I'm not even sure Joe Biden could have passed a basic <laughs> intelligence test. He he was the dim bulb of the U.S. Senate and, ah. and used to be roundly mocked of, and now it's just pathetic. Uh, look, I penned a column two months ago arguing that prominent members of the Democratic Party would take matters into their own hands, and they would go to the Biden family, and they would cite perhaps not the polling numbers that continue to recede and crater, but the mental acuity. Uh, and, and you ask, well, who is that? Well, on the Senate side, it's uh, Democratic leader Chuck Schumer mm. and the majority whip Dick Durbin, mm. uh, who have had close relationships with uh, Joe Biden. You could toss in uh, Mark Warner, yeah. Amy Klobuchar. These are all leaders in the Senate. Yeah, who good point. Sway. Yes. And if they go to the family and they say, you've got to pull the plug for the good of the nation, I think it could happen. Those are good. Na- You're right. Those are good names. They're all Democratic leaders in the Senate. You're absolutely right. Uh, they're national players. So, yeah, that's a good point. I wonder if they would recruit doctors along the way. I mean, the guys never really passed any of these tests, uh, yeah, so no, far as they, we know. They, they, you know, getting him to take a competency test uh, strikes me as a close impossibility. He just won't agree to it, and neither will Jill, because they fear the results. Mm-hmm. Talking about, the, uh, of course, the Robert Hur report about Joe Biden and, uh, and uh, his... Uh, hidden documents and his mental competency problem. We got Joe Concha, Fox News contributor, Caroline Downey of National Review, Greg Jarrett, Fox News legal analyst. Uh, Joe Concha, I would reckon the big winner here is Donald Trump. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at BeatTheStigma.org. Well, people forget, Larry, on the same day that the Her Report came down, earlier that morning, uh, because the Her Report was so huge, Donald Trump was scoring big wins with the Supreme Court, and not just the conservative judges. And this is very important. If this came back 6-3, that Trump could be on the ballot in Colorado, then we'd hear from the MSNBCs and CNNs of the world that, well, that's just the MAGA Supreme Court that's trying to help Trump. But we heard arguments from Kagan, from Sotomayor, from uh, from. Uh, Jackson Brown, we, we heard from all of them uh, saying basically that uh, questioning the Colorado's stance in that regard. So this could very easily come back as nine 
zero or mm. eight one. If that happens, that is a definitive win for Donald Trump because, again, he makes the argument around election interference and stomping on democracy, the very people that say they're trying to save it. And yet he uh, it was was obviously doing very well there. He seemed to be very happy with it. So you have Trump doing well as far as polling, as far as his legal uh, challenges. Fannie Willis, we all know that the disaster that is. Alvin Bragg doesn't have a case. Let's face it, that's going in a pretty good direction. But also, uh, Biden, obviously, uh, with, with these polls coming out, 76% of people, NBC News poll, don't think he has the mental acuity mm. to be president. I mean, those are devastating numbers. But you still see MSNBC, Larry, and you still see Rachel Maddow, who's supposed to be the smart <laughs> one over there, who says Joe Biden is lucid because he rides a bike, which, you know, my that. four-year-old can ride a bike. I I'm pretty that. sure because I can operate a Schwinn. Yeah. That doesn't make me mentally fit automatically. And, and then you even have... Biden, you know, all these unforced errors. He spoke to Francois Mitterrand. He died when Patrick Mahomes was one years old in 1996. <laughs> I mean, what's next? He's going to talk about a Zoom call he had with Charles de Gaulle. When Mi- does this end? Mitterrand, Larry. Mitterrand was the longtime head of Germany. Part Francis. of that was during Reagan's era. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was in the G7. Um, Caroline Downey, I think that just politically, to kind of pick up where Joe Constant left off, we're going to see uh, an even worse downward bounce in Biden's polls after this. In other words, as bad as it is, it's going to get worse. In other words, there are other shoes to fall, which is why I'm still interested in this 25th Amendment story. We'll get back to Greg Jarrett in a moment. But just in political terms, Caroline, I don't think Biden is bottomed. I don't, that press conference on Thursday night... That's not a bottom. He's still a stock looking for a bottom. Right. I mean, Robert Hur's report reaffirmed Trump's longstanding argument that there is a two-tier system of justice. And then Biden turns around, and he does exactly what you would expect of a dementia patient. He's irritable. He's agitated. He's you know, combative about the fact that he is uh, not mentally declining when he obviously is, basically making us realize our worst fears. Mm. So, I mean, Biden absolutely, you know, he put the the nail in the coffin on his presidency. His presidency is effectively vacant. So, yes, that that does help Trump. Like I said, it's an empty, shallow situation where he hasn't been running the show for a long time, and his press conference just reaffirmed that. And also, back to the the two-tier system of justice, Robert Hur concluded that Biden willfully violated the law in retaining national defense intelligence Yet, he, you know, he shouldn't stand because he's, he's not competent enough to do so. Meanwhile, you know, the Biden DOJ special counsel charged against Trump with Section 793, that required only that prosecutors establish gross negligence, which is much easier to prove than willfulness. Mm. So, again, it just I think Americans, what they see here is not only weakness and a country falling apart in a vacant presidency, but a double standard of justice. Yeah, I think that's a very good point. You know, Greg Jarrett, I talked about this at the top of the show this morning. I mentioned it last night. Um, and I went through this because uh, I had all the clearances. But this, you referred to the Espionage Act in your column. But what about the Presidential Records Act? You, yeah, you violated that. You can't, right. Vice, you can't, the only person that can take documents, declassify them, and then safe keep them as the president, not a senator, not a vice president, 
I might add, you know, humbly, not an NEC director or a CEA uh, chairman or anything like that. There's only one guy that can do it, according to the law, and that's the president. Biden did stuff that was completely illegal. And the fact that he's mentally incompetent, I don't want that to obscure the illegality because, Greg, he wasn't incompetent 15 years ago or even seven or 10 years ago. Right. He wasn't. He just did this stuff willfully. You're right. I mean, legally, Robert Hur, the special counsel, got just about everything wrong. He admitted, as you point out, Larry, that Biden broke the law. He yes. did it intentionally as evidence of that, as witnesses of that. Yes. Uh, but that his current state makes it impossible to prosecute him. That's not what the law says. At trial, mm. the issue is not Biden's cognitive impairment now. What it was years ago right. when he illegally removed, stored, and shared classified documents. And he also claims Biden's cooperation vitiates the crimes. No, it doesn't. Cooperation is never a defense under the law. Yeah, great point. Those are so important points, Greg, Jerry. All right, more to be continued. Kids, you're terrific. Mr. Joe Conchin, Ms. Caroline Downey, and uh, Greg Jarrett Esquire, our lawyer, our legal beagle. Thank you. Appreciate it. See you next week.